0: This gospel message seems a bit difficult uh, to hear, uh, especially where Jesus says you must hate your father and your mother, uh, your brother and your sister, in order that you may love me. But if we take a proper look and try to understand well what Jesus means here, we'll discover that it corresponds indeed to the very depths of the truth that the Lord has placed in our hearts when he made us in his image and likeness. This is why we recognize the truth and this is why we're uncomfortable when we hear someone insisting on something false and when we delight, when we hear someone speak the truth clearly and freely because we're made in the image and likeness of God. But let's understand here exactly what Jesus is speaking about. And the opening prayer of the mass is very helpful this week to understanding this because we ask the Lord for two gifts Jesus told us that the gifts that he would give us was a hundredfold here on earth and eternal life and in the opening prayer of the Mass we ask for two slightly different gifts at least it appears that they're slightly different at first loss because we ask for freedom we ask for the gift of freedom that on those who love the Lord you may bestow true freedom. And we ask for uh, an eternal reward. We ask for an eternal inheritance. So the second two are quite clear. Jesus says a hundredfold here on earth is an eternal life. And we ask both in the prayer and listening to Jesus, we ask for eternal life. But there seems to be a difference on the surface of it between asking for true freedom and asking for, a hundredfold here on earth. But, and this is what I proposed today, they're identical. The two things are exactly the same thing. When we ask for the gift of true freedom, when Jesus promises that one of the gifts that he gives to those who believe in him is um, the a hundredfold here on earth, this freedom, this true and real freedom is the a hundredfold here on earth. It is the human being, the one who is free, the human being who is free is the human being who is truly alive and who is splendid, splendid in his or her humanity. That everything the human being is meant to be is realized in that person. So in a sense, you could say that that person couldn't receive anything more. That person already has everything because made full in life and love by the grace of God, that person is fully and completely alive. And that's what we're asking for when we ask for true freedom. Let me give, make, spin a little parable here. Suppose you're in an orchestra, right? Suppose you're in an orchestra, right? And suppose you just keep getting wrong notes, right? And, you, you know, every time, every time the orchestra plays, you keep hitting a wrong note every, every few minutes. Think of that. Uh, when we sing, it's like that. We're in an orchestra, an orchestra that's the most beautiful orchestra of all the orchestras that ever exist. And each one of us has a perfect and proper place in that orchestra. But we're sitting there and ding, we hit the wrong note. And then ding, we hit the wrong note again. Ding, we hit the wrong note again. These little dings when we hit the wrong note, in the symphony of reality, in the symphony of God's creation, in which everything is perfect, those wrong notes are our sins. Those wrong notes are the sins that we commit. Because in them, we... In some way, we take away from the beauty of what God is doing. We take away from the beauty of the world. We take away from the beauty of the life of the church, which is his kingdom being built in the world. If we came out afterwards, after the concert, and we're sitting there, we'd probably be very glum and down, Guess, how, how do? Why do I keep getting that wrong? Why do I keep hitting those wrong notes? And you would love, you would love, To be able to hit always the right note. You'd love to be able to be absolutely right and perfect in time and in note and in everything. You'd like it just to be perfect, but you can't quite make it perfect. You can't quite keep hitting the right note and therefore you keep having this sense that there's something standing between you and being truly a member of the orchestra, being truly integrated into the orchestra being fully a full participant in generating that beauty of the symphony that's meant to be emerging. And you want and you desire and you hunger for that. I wish that I would not make any mistakes. I wish that I would not keep hitting the wrong note, right? So this little parable, it only goes so far, but it does help us to understand that when we ask for freedom, We're not asking ultimately for the social or political freedom which we as a country have the perception that we kind of have an edge over most of the other countries in the world on being able to have this freedom. But we're asking for something much deeper than that, something more than that, that. What we seek in our political freedom is in some sense the very most surface level of what that freedom for which the human being is made for. The human being is made for a great freedom. The human being is made to be completely and totally free. In very common language, when we're speaking about it and somebody said, well, what's freedom? You know, maybe a teenager in high school or something might add, I know, I know, I know. And I'd say being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, right? Whatever you want, whenever you want. That's what I call freedom, right? And that's not very far from the mark. That kid who gives that simple answer, being able to do what you want, when you want, is not far from the mark. Because our difficulty with freedom isn't that we don't know how to define it or what it is, it's that we don't know who we are as human beings. And therefore, when we say, I want to be able to do what I want, we don't know what that is. And we fool ourselves continually about what that is. And if you focus the attention on that question, what is it you want? So we said, be able to do what you want, when you want. What do you want? And this is a great and a beautiful meditation that we should all engage in. What do you want? What do you want? And I assure you, because I know it in myself, I'm a human being, you are human beings, and I know how the human being works from the inside, because I am one of them, right? I can assure you that what we want is to be in the orchestra, always hitting the right note. We want to be what we were made to be. We want to contribute to the great beauty which God intended when he created us. That's what we ultimately want. We express that in a barrage of little desires, of little desires, that we, instead of allowing that great yearning hunger that's at the root of each one of us, instead of allowing that, that hunger, to express itself in its true nature, we allow it to express itself in a hunger for all sorts of things, a hunger for all sorts of things. This is what Jesus is telling us. Jesus is telling us that we need to be attentive to what it is we want. What it is we want. I don't know if you can get my point, but I really propose to you to think, what do I want? If you could truly and really have anything you want. You know the famous, you get three wishes and you can get... Ask for whatever wish you want. Um, what would you ask for? If you had one wish, one wish, what would you ask for? Really, really, truly, and totally in your humanity, what would you want? What would you want? Well, as we've often quoted from here, we quote once again, it's St. Augustine's famous phrase, "'You have made us for yourself, O Lord,' And we cannot find peace until we find it in you. And that's why Jesus says the things he says in the gospel about preferring, profoundly preferring our relationship with God than anything else, even those who are dearest and most beloved by us, even our very selves, Jesus says, which proves that he's talking in a deep way here, because he says, You must hate your very self. But he doesn't mean you must hate your very self in the sense that you must hold your very self in a What he means is you must prefer everything, everything. You must prefer him to everything, to everything. Because that's what we want. That's what we want. And that, my friends, is why Jesus has come. Jesus came into the world so that we might have what we want. And the way we get what we want is through him. Through him, with him, and in him. As we say at the end of the Eucharistic prayer. The only way that you and I as human beings can be truly free, truly free. And that's what the prayer says. And we'll be reading it all week this week. That to those who love you, you might give the gift of true freedom. The only way we can have that true freedom is through, with, and in Christ. And for that reason, my friends, we Catholics sitting here in the pew on Sunday morning, we're the most profoundly reasonable and rational people in the world. We're not some flying-off spiritual people who've kind of lost uh, our keenness and our interest in the world. No, we have the keenest, most deliberate, most... Critically uh, true. We are the ones who affirm most critically, most forcefully, and most truly what is real and true. Because we, my friends, are here for what it is ultimately that each and every human being, by our very nature, wants. And we are here for uh, the victory of Christ, which is the victory of humanity which is to be truly human. We are here for this. The saints are the the multitude of those who have lived this experience to the full. And you and I, my friends, as I've often said here, nothing is tolerable except sanctity. Anything short of sanctity just won't cut it for you and me. That's the truth. So let us on humble knee ask the Lord to realize in us uh, sanctity, to realize in us true freedom, to realize in us the hundredfold here on earth, uh, to realize the fullness of our humanity. Let us stick to right reason and truth, um, even as the world becomes more and more confused.